Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast, where formerly off-the-table topics take center stage so you can feel comfortable, confident, and free in your body. This podcast was born out of the desire to share the intimate and necessary conversations about one of the most ignored, abused, and suppressed areas of our bodies, our pelvises. Not sure where that is? Let's put a finger on it, shall we? I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, holistic pelvic physical therapist, womb worker, and educational speaker and advocate for all things pelvic health. My hope for this show is that it enlivens listeners like you to take steps towards healing your own relationship with your pelvic space holistically for fuller embodiment and a more loving human experience. So when you're ready, let's take a deep breath and dive right in. Okay, folks, welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast. I'm Dr. Brittany, and I'm sitting with Dr. Rose. I'm so happy that you are here, my dear. Can you share with the audience who you are, what are you helping people with right now, and what is lighting you up? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's such an honor to be here, and um, we've known each other a long time, so I'm just happy oh, yeah. I get to hang out with you, honestly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my name is Dr. Rose Schloff. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I am a doctor of physical therapy and pretty much my whole career, I've specialized in pelvic and sexual health. I was very, very fortunate um, to right out of school, pretty much get a job with a world-renowned sexual medicine physician named Dr. Erwin Goldstein. And he has a pretty unique facility here in San Diego where um, every person who comes to him sees sexual medicine for a hormonal panel, you know, a hands-on assessment. They also see sex therapy as well as pelvic floor physical therapy. And so every day I was able to collaborate with sexual med and, um, sex therapy and me as a pelvic floor physical therapist, I feel like, um, my understanding of not just the physical factors that impact our ability to enjoy intimacy, but also um, the hormonal factors and the nervous system factors and the emotional factors and the cultural factors and um, how patriarchal BS just gets <laughs> embedded in all of us, right? So um, it's it's multifaceted. And I, I have really expanded that kind of multifaceted nature of my practice. Um, now I have my own totally virtual sexual health coaching practice where I basically combine my knowledge of the physical, um, the emotional, the, the, you know, nutritional nervous system, all the things to create a biopsychosocial holistic program that helps you not just connect more deeply to your body, but also to your partner and really get clear on some of the stories that we all carry just from growing up in our society or, you know, any intergenerational trauma we've inherited. Right. So how to get clear on that, how to let it go from our bodies. And, um, I tend to see people who are the high achievers, right. And, mm. um, mostly women and, and queer folks, um, mostly Volvo owners and people who are like, all right, I am deep in my personal development journey. I've gone to therapy. I do yoga. I've, you know, done all the things and I get to the end of the day and I love my partner so much. And I look at them 
and I know we would feel closer and more connected if we had great sex at the end of the day, but the couch looks so good and I'm so tired and I've just done so many things today. And where would it fit in? Because I want to sleep and I don't want to wake up early. And, uh, you know, so kind of the life things that Mm. get in the way. And I love helping people understand the small shifts. I'm all about baby steps, but when we understand the nervous system and we understand all the things that are impacting us 1% or 5% during the day, and we can shift some of those things, we can actually start to see way more ease, way more excitement, way less resistance to intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that includes being present during intimacy and not doing your grocery list in your head or (laughs) wondering if you're, you know, taking too long, right? All all of that is included. But, um, you know, there are five minute things that we can start to do that can make massive impact in this area of your life. And, and what I find with people is even though sex is something that we don't talk about in our society, it's this thing that happens behind closed doors. And if you talk to somebody who has done a lot of personal development, um, they might kind of think of that as, ah, you know, sex life is sex life, but I'm, you know, personally developing. Um, I find that it can have a huge energetic drain on us when that area of our life even, you know, whether we're single, but especially if we are in relationship, if that area in our life feels hard, can take up a lot of emotional energy. A hundred percent to everything you just said. Oh my goodness. Where do I even go from here? Um, I want to know right off the bat, like, what are these five minute things that people can do to shift? Because I mean, I, I personally self-identify maybe as a high achiever. I want to fit all the things in. I'm definitely on a path of personal growth. And I know a lot of my clients themselves are as well. So yeah, you're right. Like at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, even my partner too, sometimes is like, well, do you want to just like watch a show on the couch? And it seems like a whole to do to get into the mood. And of course it's like you're cycle syncing or you're trying to make sure that you're, um, avoiding pregnancy, or maybe you're trying to conceive and it's just like a whole other task that gets put on your plate. And it's not, it like takes the attention away from what sex can be, which is just that presence and union and intimacy, like deep connected intimacy. (laughs) So yeah, I want to know what are those, what are those little things? Like maybe three separate shifts that we can look at. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you just hit it on the head, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I, I know that would be so nourishing and wonderful, but like it can feel like a chore or a to-do. It can feel like, oh, that's a lot of work. And from, I was just having this conversation with a client um, from a nervous system perspective, right? Our, our nervous system should uh, evolutionarily have a balance of times that we're active in action and times that we're inactive um, in rest. And you know, our society, our capitalist society has trained us to be in action so much that often by the end of the day, we we're like overbalanced in the action side and our body is craving rest so deeply that we're like, oh my gosh, I can't even think about another action, even if it's like the best action ever. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's just a side note to kind of normalize if you're feeling this, you're not alone. And, um, you know, we're asking a lot of our nervous systems this day and age, but 
you know, three simple shifts I'll say is most of us, when we think about sex, we think about the gourmet version, right? Where we guilty. (laughs) And that's great. We want to have great sex in our life, but I, I think that it's important to remember that pleasure and connection can be gained from the fast food version of Mm. sex. And so something that I oftentimes will encourage my clients to do is, you know, depending on what works for you, maybe it's a time on the calendar where it's like, all right, Tuesdays are our time to touch or whatever. Um, Or maybe every day at 8 PM, we do something to connect, but I want you to think about like, what is the one minute version? What is the five minute version of this? And a lot of the time it's not going to be penetration or orgasm. And I think that's something to name as well. I I think that our society puts a lot of pressure on penetration and orgasm. And there's so much to great sex and great intimacy that lies outside of those two things. And so maybe it's every day at 8 p.m., we commit to three minutes or five minutes or one minute of something where we're connecting physically, feeling pleasure and connection. And we're not just staring at the TV together. And maybe that's eye contact. Maybe that's shoulder rubs. Um, there's something called the three minute game, which um Betty Martin and Harry Thaddeus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this, for anyone who's listening, who's not familiar, um, I, I actually side note have renamed this the 32nd game because I (laughs) asked my partner for so long to play the three minute game. And she was like, it's too many minutes. It's too, it (laughs) seems like a lot of work. Right. So to her nervous system, it was like, that's too much action. Yeah. And so that's, that's always kind of the key is like, oh, that seems like a lot of work. How can I make it 5% easier? How can I make it 10% easier? How can I take the pressure down? So that's another good question um, that I'll have clients ask themselves is, all right, if this is a date night, how can we make it 50% easier, 5% easier? But the way the 30 second game goes is basically there's four rounds. Um, First round, there's one giver, one receiver, and the giver decides um, how they would like to touch the receiver. And then the receiver says, yes, that's okay. Or, or no, that's not okay. And then for 30 seconds, the touches happen and then same giver, same receiver, but receiver gets to decide what kind of touches they'd like to receive. And so mm-hmm. we get to play around with giving and receiving touch, but we also get to play with power dynamics, right? Where we're deciding, okay, you decide how the touch happens Now I decide how the touch happens. And this is really great for couples who get into the rhythm of like one person who always plans everything. One person Mm -hmm. who's like, we should really do a date night. The, um, I call it like the quality control. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much because you're right. Like there's a, there's a power play. There's always the pressure potentially on, um, maybe the more masculine energy partner, to take the reins and lead and plan and you know the feminine just wants to follow but I mean sometimes I feel like especially for our high achievers who live in female bodies (laughs) it's like we are in our masculine so much anyways so to be able to flip 
the coin over and over and over and just feel that difference and feel that shift. I think that's huge. And then to, yeah, narrow it down to even 30 seconds. That's really powerful. I love that. Yeah. My clients always kind of like grown with me. I'm like, well, what would, what would make it 5% easier? What would make it 5%? Le-? You know, I'm constantly trying to take it down, 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 because I think especially for those of us who are high achieving, who are used to getting shit done and, and, um, you know, really being able to take on a lot. I think sometimes that sabotages us because we, we want to take on that gourmet version of whatever we're doing. And so to have that, that permission to do like D plus work in your sex life is Mm. great. (laughs) Like, like a day a week of D plus is no pun intended, um, is better than like, (laughs) you know, once, once a month of gourmet, right. Because you're right. getting connected more frequently. So, right. I mean, yeah. Positive in the D it was funny. Cause I was thinking about, um, for a while there where my hormones, my cyclical nature really has been more so dictating and like giving me more boundaries and walls than being like a permission slip. So, um, not too long ago, it was maybe last week, um, feeling into luteal phase and feeling into early stage luteal phase, which still like, I feel like I can still get enough moisture down there and I'm not needing any extra lube, although that's always helpful, but, um, it was kind of a fun experiment to be like, well, do I really need a freaking long warm up? Do I really need a, you know, 30 minutes of quote unquote foreplay or oral? And it was, like a no. And like, I don't like, I'm actually really turned on right now. And I gave myself that permission to like have penetrative play without that, like build up and lead up. And it was great. It was great. And it didn't last long. It didn't need to last long. It was like exactly what we needed in the moment and satisfied those needs. And yeah, I think I love that because there are some people out there. I mean, I follow all the people who, who, rave about gourmet sex and like you're not having good enough sex basically and it's like well fuck (laughs) what the fuck am I doing over here you know and yeah you're like that pressure to to have it I mean I guess there I have two different voices in me and that's part of my human design I guess I have the voice that's like yeah have all the sex you want doesn't matter what it looks like you know and just make it feel good for you and yeah, make it 5% easier, 10% easier, whatever you need. And then the other side is like, well, quality over quantity. And, yeah. <laughs> and like, you get to decide. There's right. no wrong answer. Right. right? What, but what I see oftentimes for my clients, what I see is many of my clients lose the rhythm. And then, so we know, right, that the majority of people with vulvas do really well with what's called responsive desire. And I describe this as, you know, maybe you just ate, you go over to a friend's house, they offer you food and you're like, no, I'm good. And then you smell their food cooking and your mouth starts watering and you're like, Mm. okay, I'm going to need some of that food. Right. So this is responsive desire. It doesn't really, you're like, no, I'm good. And then you start getting into it. You have a sensation of some sort. You smell the cookies and then you want to eat them. And what makes it possible for us to access our responsive desire is a nervous system that is open and ready. That doesn't feel like it's being chased by a tiger, right? If you're Mm. so stressed, if you have a mile long to-do list, if 
you just had a, a car accident and you go over to your friends, it doesn't matter how good their cookies smell, you're going to have a stomach in knots, right? right? And then the other piece of this puzzle is a low pressure, low stakes situation. If your friend is like, you got to try these cookies. These are the best cookies. I really want to know if you like these cookies. Why won't you eat them? Mm. You're going to be like, I don't want a single one of your cookies. I don't know. I Even if they do smell amazing, <laughs> this that's, that seems a lot. Or it could be internal pressure. Oh my gosh, I bet that friend, oh God, I think she thinks I'm rude. Oh gosh, I should really just eat a cookie. Just fucking eat a cookie. Like, oh, I don't know if I can say fuck on here. You, Sorry, yeah, but, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, that pressure can be internal or external. And so I, I think it's key to understand that many, many, many of us have this pressure, whether it's on the gourmet side, like you described of the people that you follow, that's like, you should be having gourmet sex or, um, you know, have pressure on, well, it's been X, Y, Z amount of time. Now the pressure's building. Now we really should, because, oh my gosh, it's been, oh, it's been three months and we've only had sex once. So that's, that's the type of pressure that I tend to see Mm. in my practice. And what I, what I find is more frequent, less, you know, a plus, um, just playful, easy, connected, fun time helps us get in the rhythm and helps take the pressure off of more extensive, more gourmet sex. Mm. Then the more gourmet sex is kind of this like cherry on top fun thing, but it's not as desperately needed. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. That makes a hundred percent sense. And I'm thinking about like all the postpartum people out there, or even like the perimenopausal experiencing those hormonal changes. And I know you, you've been well-versed in that too. And I'm sure it comes up in your conversations with your clients. And yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering too, like, what, what are they feeling? What are they needing to hear? Um, because you know, some postpartum people go, a year without having sex, yeah, penetrative sex, yes, to be specific, right? Because yeah. of maybe birth trauma, or they're just not ready, or like parenthood is just not what they thought it was going to be, and like they mentally cannot get there. And something, um, you follow Kimberly Ann Johnson. Mm-hmm. I actually just saw her at the, my local coffee shop this weekend. <laughs> epic, epic! I love a good run in at a coffee shop with her. <laughs> she, um, oh goodness, she had written about going from like uh, a mother to a sex fixin. Maybe she didn't write that, but something along those lines, right? Like just flipping the switch from being a parent even to like being a lover is really, really challenging. Right. And I'm just, yeah, I want to, I want to, I guess, bring it to the surface for people, but yeah. What would you tell those those parents or those um, vulva owners that are going through perimenopause where maybe their tissues don't even feel the same. Like it might not even look the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to pause because my dishwasher is so loud. Should I, can you hear it on your end? Should I pause it? No, I can't hear it at all. (laughs) Okay. You're totally fine. Perfect. Oh, good. Maybe you can just edit that out, but absolutely. um... (laughs) (laughs) I'll just keep it in there. Sure. (laughs) Real life. I'm like, I am just like hearing it in the background and I'm like, I wonder if this is just railing on the audio. So if you're listening to this and you can hear it, sorry, I'm doing the dishes (laughs) in the background. Um, 
So this is such a good question. And I, I want to even expand this to um, people who identify as asexual or demisexual as well. Mm, right. And yeah, so definitely. it's just normalizing that everyone's experience of intimacy is so different. Everyone's experience of sex drive is so different. And the sex drive, the sex that we have, the intimacy that we have when we're 19 is not going to be the intimacy we have at 25, 35, 45, you know, 75. And that's normal. And that's okay. And there's no wrong way to do this. But what I really want for people to know is that pleasure and connection are possible, no matter how sexual you're feeling in whatever season you're of life you're in. Um, and again, I think it's that piece of understanding, okay, is this a part of my life that I miss that I had before that I want to pour into this bucket that I want to intentionally take baby steps to start to get back to? Okay. That's, that's one path. Or is this a part of my life that I actually don't miss that I actually feel relief now? And can I find ways to connect to my partner and experience um, physical and emotional joy, pleasure, connection, intimacy outside of an explicitly sexual time? And there's no wrong answer. But for the people who are like, I really miss that part of me and I really want to get back to that part, I, I do want to name that that switching of roles is so jarring, especially, um, you know, people who have young children that can be extremely jarring to like try to to sleep in the bed with you. Oh my gosh. Right. And so I I think this kind of like five minute version is a really good starting place, a really good baby step. Um, because I think a lot of the time we think, okay, well we can't have sex or we're, you know, we're co-sleeping or, um, well, you know, there's, there's no way I can get into that headspace. So let's just watch TV and do nothing. Right. So that, you know, we can't go to a hundred, so let's do zero. Mm. But I like for people to identify their red, yellows, and greens in different seasons of life. So greens would be, what are the things that feel great to you a hundred percent of the time? And, you know, this, this might be, um, this might have some chore play if you have uh younger children, I'm going to say. So, a green could be a shoulder rub. A green could be my partner took out the trash and did the dishes, right? Like that is what makes me feel supported and connected. It could be, uh, we make eye contact. It could be a hug, um, in different seasons of life. It could be like, yeah, let's go for it. Like all of it's green. But if you're in a season where you're feeling less greens in the bedroom, start with your greens. Um, even just five minutes a day of the green items. And then start looking at your yellows. So what are your yellows? Um, could be something that sometimes feels good and sometimes doesn't. An example of this could be, um, you know, when you kiss my neck, sometimes it feels really good. And then sometimes it's super tickly and I don't like it. (laughs) Right. So it, it could be anything that's like sometimes good, sometimes not good. And we look at them and we say, is this something we want to build back to? Is this something we're okay? Just kind of letting go. Um, and we do the same thing with the reds. Reds are, this doesn't feel good right now. This is really important for somebody who has had, um, pelvic pain, trauma, birth trauma, hormonal changes, um, causing pain or discomfort. 
uh, or they're just not interested in penetration right now. Right. So mm-hmm. could be that that's on the red list for now. And just because something is a red doesn't mean it's going to stay a red forever. But I think that getting really clear on what your greens, yellows, and reds are, then we can start to make some supportive boundaries and get everyone on the same page. Because a lot of the time in partnerships, the birthing parent is like, yeah, penetration is red. And I think it's going to be for a minute. And the non-birthing partner doesn't get it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, but why, when are we going to get back to this? You know, this is a big part of us. And so having that green, yellow, red, I'll oftentimes recommend to my clients to have this type of conversation. Taking a quick break from our conversation to share with you one of my all-time favorite tools, crystal wands and yoni eggs from Wands with two A's. If you're wanting to connect to your body, your pleasure, unravel and process your life, these beautifully shaped wands and eggs are going to help you get there. I think of them as an extension of my own hand brought from the earth for my healing rituals that have helped me invite so much goodness into my life. To get yours, head over to the link in the show notes and use the code BEINGBETTER in all caps for 15% off your purchase. And if you're like, okay, I'm in, or you already have tools like these and don't know what to do with them, head over to my Wands and Yoni Eggs 101 courses for a full rundown and guided practice to get you started on developing these special rituals for yourself. And now back to the episode. Um, you know, I really want to feel super close to you and physically connect with you and, um, have pleasure and and intimacy. That part of our relationship is really important to me. My body is in a space where not everything that we used to do feels good to me. And if you are open to it, um, I would love to explore some things that do feel good. And what I'm going to need for this time is to take any expectation of penetration off the table for the next seven days, seven months, whatever you want to do, right? Whatever boundary needs to be set, but it's, you know, what's our overall why is to be connected and have fun and feel good together. What do we need? A boundary. And how are we going to, you know, bridge the gap in between? We're not just setting the boundary and saying, don't look at me ever. Don't talk to me. In the meantime, I'd love to prioritize eye contact. I'd love to prioritize kissing. I'd love to prioritize um, massage. I'd love to prioritize hugging. I'd love to prioritize showering together, right? So what are the things that do feel good? And let's start building up that list so it doesn't feel restrictive. It feels expansive. Totally. I love all of that so much. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of the clients I see are having these, you know, these issues where maybe nothing that they've experienced before was feeling good. And when I ask about their partner, their partner is is such a gem. He's so patient or they're so patient. And um, yeah, like he'd wait or sh- they'd wait as long as I need. So I feel like for most of my people, they're, they're feeling a lot of that internal, yes. internal pressure, like what you were talking about before and it's now just registering to me that maybe it's not a boundary that they need to set with their partner. But yeah, definitely like having that clear communication and those speaking your needs and listening and respecting those needs, you know, um, 
I think you can even take that script that you literally just perfectly voiced and say it to yourself. <laughs> You're well, feeling I, that way. I do think even the majority of my clients, it's more internal pressure than external, right? Mm. Because if it was external pressure, like speak, <laughs> That's not great, right? Like you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably, probably not gonna stick in that one for too long. You probably wouldn't be with that partner, right? So, but the reason why a boundary like that works really well for even internal pressure is because when we say the thing mm-hmm. that we really need, even if we know cognitively that our partner is a gem and they're, you know, they'd wait as long as you know, whatever, but we're still we still want them to be happy. We still want our relationship to thrive. We still want yeah. them to, to know that we are attracted to them. We still want to know they're attracted to us. When we voice these things aloud and we say, this is what I need. And here's the plan. What do you think? When we have that courageous, vulnerable moment and we see their partner say, yes. Oh my gosh, of course. That sounds great to me. I want you to feel really connected. I want the same things as you. And that plan feels good. And we're on the same page and we're working as a team. That interaction right there can alleviate so much internal pressure. Hmm. Yeah. I already feel that. <laughs> I already feel that for myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's just naming it, right? It's like just naming the, sh- the shit that flies around our head. Right. And having somebody else be like, yes. It's like, I already knew you were going to say yes, but I needed you to say yes in person. <laughs> right? Like, Yeah. A hundred percent. But I mean, yeah, it's like, it goes for any kind of need, I guess, not even just sex. Like you can take this information, you can take these, you know, any kind of boundaries, obviously boundaries is like a hot topic and you can apply that though to any aspect of your life really to make it feel pleasurable. Yeah. And I, I want to just, um, I was going to say insert, but then it made me laugh like a 12 year old boy. So I want to just <laughs> I want to share one more thing about the red, yellow, green. We can use red, yellow, green to identify what time of day or what day of the week would be best to explore any type of intimacy, right? And this is so key because a lot of the time we put so much pressure on ourselves for nighttime Mm. and it's like, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. If every night after work, we're like, oh God, I'm so drained. And now I'm letting my partner down. And now we had this agreement and you know, that internal pressure builds. And so if we just sit down with partners and say, um, you know, if I'm honest with myself, my only green times are Saturday and Sunday morning. Mm. And then my yellow times are like Friday night. And then my red times are like in the middle of the night, never wake me up for sex, right? Whatever it is. But... Oh yeah. <laughs> Hell no to that. <laughs> I'm all you about know? sleep, baby. Right. But But then if your partner has their list and they're like, well, my only green times are Monday through Wednesday evening, right? right? That's really good to know and identify and meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I guess like, for example, the partner who wants to engage first thing in the morning, they roll over, they're like, let's get it on. But you have a 9 a.m. meeting, you need to get ready, have a full breakfast, get out of the house. And then, you know, you're actually the one that maybe wants to come home and just like collapse and pillow princess it and, you know, be taken care of and and all of that. Like what, (laughs) how do you meet in the middle if it's like one person's in the day, one person's at night? I mean, I'm going to answer my own question here with what you've already said. (laughs) (laughs) 
like let go of the gourmet stuff and just have some fast food. Yeah. Right. And, you know, maybe when you were talking afternoon delight started playing in my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meet in the middle, obviously midday. Right. You on. know, maybe it's a midday weekend situation where it's like, okay, it's not either of your top choice, but you can both get on board with it. And then maybe there's a, a French fry option for the morning and a French fry option for the evening where both of you are getting something and then the gourmet is happening on a weekend during the day. Mm. I love that setup. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so say you've been with a the a partner for a really, really long time and things start to feel stale or repetitive. Um, what can you share with us about novelty and maybe give folks some ideas on how to live in things if, you know, someone's tired of bringing up the ideas, but, you know, needs some fresh ones to share because none of their prior ideas have landed with their partner or partners. Yeah. I hear this one all the time, you know, where it's like, okay, it feels like we're in the routine where, you know, this happens and then my left boob gets touched and then we're, you know, Mm -hmm. we get into our routines. Right. Um, and so that's, that's normal. That's understandable. And, the idea of novelty, um, I think sometimes is so hard for people because it's like, okay, well, who's going to come up with the novelty? Like, it's already hard for us to get here. We're already tired. We're doing a lot during the day. I just don't have any more capacity to add something else to my to-do list. Right. And so, um, sometimes what I'll do with, uh, clients is make kind of like red, yellow, green, but with fantasy, right? Something that you could do. Um, And then if there's overlapping greens, we'll just put them in a jar next to the bed. And then nobody has to decide. There's no decision fatigue in the moment. It's just, boop, okay, here's the thing we're going to try today. All right. And if you can't think of anything or you don't have any fantasies or you're like, "Uh, I I don't know, um, there's a lot of yes, no, maybe lists online that can be looked at and done together. There's also things like I've had um, couples use something called the adventure challenge, which has like, have you used it? We have the, um, the Polaroid that goes with it. Uh-huh. We, yeah. So we haven't actually done the date challenges or like the activity challenge, but um, yeah, that could be really fun. I could see that. Yeah. And it's not it, like, I just think so much of you know, so much can be solved by taking the pressure off of a partner to initiate and come up with stuff. (laughs) We're all so tired and we like, don't want (laughs) to, we're so tired. And, and it's like, I don't want to plan one more thing. Yeah. That's totally fair. That's very fair. And, oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. (laughs) No, you hang up first. No, (laughs) I love you. No, I love you. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, um, oh my gosh, now I just lost it. No, I shouldn't have joked so long. (laughs) Um, oh, here's what I was going to say. Your five minute thing, like your French fry thing could even Mm. be planning your gourmet meal later. Ooh. And even talking it out loud. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's another piece that's like, we want to try to find things that shorten the ramp of foreplay that we need in actual intimacy. So what are we doing throughout the week 
throughout the day to start to smell the cookies both together and alone, whether that's, you know, listening to an erotic novel, listening to something like Dipsy, which is sexy, short audio stories. Um, Maybe it's just dancing in the kitchen together, right? Making intentional eye contact, doing an intentional ritual of reconnection when your partner comes home, when you're, you know, we're going to hug and make eye contact. We're not just going to drop our shit and walk in the other room, right? But um, that can be the five minute thing that you do together is we plan the gourmet version or we choose one thing to add to our jar. So Esther Perel says that foreplay begins at the end of the last orgasm. Yep. And so what you just said is like perfectly aligned with that, obviously. Um, uh, Yeah, I totally agree with that. It is shortening that gap. I like the smell the cookies analogy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, do you ever use like, a BDSM quiz or even like the erotic blueprints um, with people to like help them understand maybe like what, what it is that they can't even name sometimes for what it is that they want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think exploring power dynamics and exploring kink is a really beautiful way to start to open things up and, um, you know, referring people to organizations where it's like, there's safe spaces to explore rope play. There's safe spaces to explore impact play. And knowing that, okay, maybe for our date night, we go to this workshop together and maybe we hate it and we laugh about it later and maybe we love it, right? Same same with, um, you know, like a group experience. Maybe we just go and we watch other people play and then we're like, okay, we're going to go home and we did that, you know, like sometimes it's just the excitement of like, oh my gosh, we're doing, we're doing this. Is it going to be weird? Is it going to be awkward? I don't know, but we're in it together. Right. Um, so absolutely. That's so funny. James and I had a, a novel experience not too long ago. Well, we've had quite a few over the year. I'd say one of the first ones was doing like a nude photo shoot together with my friend, Uni. Yeah, Uni. Who, yeah. yeah. And also with Uni, we did, um, a like sensory, play intimacy workshop very very fun very interesting um and tantric based and I love I love that slowness that's something I'm learning more about myself and uh really connecting to those energies of like yeah orgasm and not just like peak clitoral orgasm I'm so curious about what you what you think about the different kinds of orgasms and um I don't know why people same thing with like uh, anointing gourmet sex as like the end all be all, but same thing with like shaming almost your clitoral orgasm versus like a deep cervical vaginal or G-spot orgasm and like being able to squirt or not or doing anal or not and all of these um, labels that we've kind of put on these experiences that like what you've said already before, you know, there's no wrong answer, but yeah. also if this is something that you've been wanting to experience, like how can people connect to these deeper layers of themselves if they're not wanting just to have, I mean, just to have in quotes, clitoral orgasm? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think something that I'm kind of hearing in your, your questions is this like almost shaming in, um, you know, like a, just a clitoral orgasm or like, you know, you're not having gourmet sex or you're not having like slow enough sex. It's just kind of like run of the mill. And I just want to like 
say that's another way that patriarchal bullshit is just creeping in, right? Like talk more, talk more on that. <laughs> I mean, we don't need to give them the that the spotlight, but like it's come up in um the last conversation too that I've had for the podcast. And yeah, patriarchy is something that we need to undo like with our bodies. Yeah. I'm feeling. I just think that like we just put so much pressure on ourselves to just be a plus students in every area of our lives and like to be the best and to achieve the most. And I think that especially people who are socialized as female, there's so much weird pressure around sex, right? So there's this like weird, um, be a virgin, be totally pure pressure. But then there's also this like, be a sex God who understands like, her body perfectly and can do every type of orgasm. And like, you know, I just, I just think that as a society, we need to take the pressure off of ourselves and each other and just put the focus back on, am I feeling good in my body? And am I connecting to myself and my partner? That to me, those are my two definitions of good sex. Mm. And I, I think you know, like if you use a vibrator every time you come, great. Did you have fun? Great. You know, are you somebody who can squirt and it feels good to squirt? Great. I'm happy for you. Right. Like, so there's not this, like in my mind, I have a unique perspective though, but in my mind, there's not a hierarchy mm-hmm. and it, it's just like, we all have favorite foods and there's always more foods to try. It's like, if I love my mac and cheese orgasm, like, just let me have my mac and cheese orgasm and don't shame me about it. Right. (laughs) But I I think that if somebody wanted to explore slowness and wanted to explore different ways to, to orgasm, that could be a really good time to check out a Tantra workout, workout, workshop, (laughs) workout, (laughs) workout. Yeah. I mean, it is a workout, but, um, workshop is what my, brain wanted me to say. Um, but I also think that we can just play with timing and slowness ourselves, right. And noticing, okay, does my body every time I'm getting close to orgasm, does my body do the same thing? Does it squeeze all of its muscles and then squeeze, squeeze, squeeze until I reach the peak and then it's done. Mm -hmm. Can I play with different body positions. You know, do I always have an orgasm on my back? Could I try on my side? Could I try on my stomach? Could I try sitting or looking in the mirror? Right. Um, could I see if my orgasm feels different, if my muscles are a little bit less tight, if I allow them to relax or if I'm, you know, breathing and tightening and then relaxing and, you know, building that kind of like duality of tightness and, and relaxation, okay, do I always hold my breath when I orgasm? Can I breathe through it? Can I bring myself close and then kind of take it back away and playing with all these different variables, but knowing that there's no way to fuck it up. Mm. I think we're so afraid that we're like having bad sex. And I just want people to know that like, you just can't fuck it up. You're doing a great job. I (laughs) I mean, there are ways you can, but let's be real. Like the way that most of us are having sex, I feel like it's, it's all good. It's all gravy. Yeah. It's like, like, is it adding good things to your life? Does it make you feel good? Great. Yeah. Keep going. That's a great lens to throw in there for people. 
I, you're right. There's so much pressure, all the pressure. I was going to say something. And then again, like it happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So what I was going to say was what I'm getting from what you're sharing is like, it's all about variety to be honest and to be able to have all the different experiences or to like give space for the ones that maybe we have labeled like you shouldn't have that or you could do better kind of a thing it's just like more experience to the bucket like it gets gets to be a bigger bucket yeah it's more like to, some more people to pull from. some people want to skydive and some people never do and it doesn't make you a better person or like more enlightened it's just something <laughs> you want to experience right and that's okay yeah yeah oh I love that oh skydiving I don't think I would ever do that right same. <laughs> I mean, I've bungee jumped, but it's like, no, no, thank you. Different stuff. Different. No, stuff. no, I shan't be doing that. <laughs> well, I've loved everything that you've enlightened us with. So I want to know where can people find you work with you? Or is there anything else that you want to share that maybe it's like another light bulb that's coming off for your clients that we haven't talked about yet? I just want to highlight that so much of my work with people is not about sex. The majority of the time that I am talking to people, it is understanding your nervous system, understanding what is adding to, I, I call it like your threat bucket, the things that make you feel like you're being chased by a tiger, what is adding to your pleasure bucket. How do we use somatic techniques, exercises, breathing practices, coaching techniques to empty water out of your threat bucket so your nervous system overall feels safer? And then just add lots of stuff that makes you feel good into your pleasure bucket. And that, you know, whether in the bedroom or out, it's going to make you a calmer, more happy, connected, um, peaceful, pleasure-filled person. Um, And I think it's just skills I wish I had learned growing up and I wish we all learned growing up and we just don't. Um, So I I just, I like to highlight that because I think sometimes people are like, well, you know, I don't really want to like talk about sex that much or it's not that big of a deal in my life. And I, I just think that sometimes what we see show up in the bedroom is a symptom of a deeper problem that's impacting the rest of our lives and the healing that can happen in the bedroom can profoundly shift how we show up in business in our other interpersonal interactions. I've had clients like transform their relationships with their mom, with their work, right? Like so when (laughs) my mom was calling me during this recording, by the way, (laughs) maybe your relationship will be transformed just after No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yes. It has oh, it, it continues to be, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just don't want sex to be this thing that's siloed off to the side. I want us to think of it as like a, a piece of that sensual part, that sexual part of us is, is a piece of a whole happy life and what shows up in the bedroom and what heals in the bedroom can heal so much outside mm-hmm. the bedroom. Mic drop. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that saying just makes me think of like yoga on the mat 
you can take with you off the mat. And it is basically the same thing. Like sex is a mirror for everything else that happens in your life for sure. But how can it not be? Because it is an integral part of us and it's how we got here. Yeah. So uh, I love everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for being here. Where again, can people find you? Yes. So if you're listening to this, please message me on Instagram. I'm at be well with Rose all written out. Um, I love hearing what people take away from podcast episodes. It's always fun to continue the conversation there. Um, you can also find me at my website, bewellwithrose.com. You might be seeing a theme here. <laughs> um, I work with individuals and couples on um, my holistic program that combines holistic coaching and lifestyle techniques with somatic practices, as well as pelvic floor and breath work stuff. Um, and then I also lead group classes for mostly women and queer leaders. So there should be another one, um, coming up in May we're planning on, we haven't announced the exact date yet, but, um, that would be a great fit for you. If you are somebody who wants to understand what the connection between the nervous system and pleasure in and out of the bedroom is if you're somebody who tends to be a high achiever who wants to feel a little bit more ease and excitement and variety in the bedroom um, and you want to feel more connected and confident in your relationship so Mm. that's me (laughs) yes go out and find dr rose she'll be looking for you and yeah thank you again for being here and thank you for listening Yes. And I forgot to mention, I do offer, um, sometimes in this area, people are like, well, I don't know if you're the right person to talk to, but I don't know who is. And I, I want to just tell people I offer free 20 minute phone calls because even Mm -hmm. if I'm not the right provider for you, I have a well-rounded network of providers that we can get you to. Um, so if you want to schedule that, you can go to bewellwithrose.com slash schedule dash now, um, for a free 20 minute phone call. And, you know, even if we don't work together, I hear great feedback from those calls that people learn a lot and get great resources. So amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that will be super helpful for people to hear. So thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening and putting your finger on the pelvic pulse podcast. I'm Brittany Ellers. The music for this podcast was created by Justek. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts by hitting the subscribe button and share it with your loved ones if you found the episode helpful. If you haven't checked out my free womb medicine meditations or phasic community, click the link in the show notes. The meditations and community boards are the perfect place to begin or broaden your connection to your pelvic health, no matter what stage in life you're in. I'd be honored to support you along your journey.